Welcome to Hope Leads. This is Wes Lane. You know, science tells us that hope is the single greatest determiner of human well-being. One way I pursue kindling and fanning hope within you, the listener, is by talking with men and women who are leaders from different generations, from different geographic areas, from different spheres of influence, but they all have one thing in common. They pursue Jesus and God's unique and purposeful journey for them on the earth. So my hope is that these focused conversations might somehow serve you in a greater understanding of just who our awesome God is and his very purposeful desire and plan that you would live a life of meaning and impact. In my 20s, uh, though successfully completing college and law school and beginning a law career, well, those 20s could probably be summed up in one sentence, how to self-destruct in one simple decade. Well, it turns out I needed a lot more help than I thought. When I hit my 30s, my perspective on life had changed, and I navigated that decade with a great deal more circumspection. You know, obviously, every generation has to find their own way navigating life. And I thought it would be fun and interesting to bring in a remarkable young woman I met a couple of years ago to share how she is navigating hers. I first met Shana Smith when she took part in our SALT Emerging Leaders program. She's single in her very early 30s and just exudes a hope-filled spirit to all around her. So, want to meet one of those who will be running the world pretty soon? Well, let's meet Shana. So, Shana, thank you for being here with me today. That's extremely kind. You think I can run the world? <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, let me tell you something. I, I, I've I, been around you just enough that I know you run your world. Uh, I know. So, the, the, the slice of the pie you that that you that God has placed you in uh you 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 walk it out with a a, a vim and vigor there's a there's a there's something a verb and get my v's you know here but but <laughs> but there but I have watched that you are you're a, a woman who uh walks with a, a sense of assurance uh there is a uh there's a confidence in you uh, and 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 you know something that that just says a, a great deal. I know you. I know you love the Lord. I know you are mm-hmm. unembarrassed about that. You're, and and so so that's the kind of stuff that I think. You know, I think that would be interesting <laughs> to just uh, ask her some questions. I have no idea. I mean, I really. I mean, it's not like you and I have sat down and I have I have. T- I have said I'm going to ask you these 15 <laughs> questions. Now we have chatted, yes, but but it, that's that's as much as anything. Um, kind of uh, hoping that that uh, you you won't go into uh, you know you never know when somebody gets behind a microphone they get into microphone shock you know like no uh, I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I, like like my my prayer is like Holy Spirit tell me what to say <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't that, know what I'm say but I just, there you go my prayer is that whatever I speak would be. Um, what God wants. So there you go. Well, see, now that's that's uh, that pretty much sums up the the big the big idea. Well, well, so let's let's get started. So you are um, here. You're what thirty two? Yes, I turned thirty two in August. Okay. Well, see, now that's a great month. Mm-hmm. I'm in August. August is the best month. What's I don't, your, what what day? Twenty first. Okay. Well, okay. You're a few days off mine, but <laughs> August. You know, uh, very good. Good good for you. Uh, okay. So. 
So tell us about your background. I know you're not from Oklahoma originally, so just give us a little background. Yeah, so it's actually kind of crazy because um, on March 15th, I think it's going to be my 10-year anniversary of moving here to Oklahoma, and it's gone by incredibly fast, Um, but I actually moved out here to start a leadership college um, at a church in Oklahoma City uh, where you could get your hands-on ministry training and get your degree in three years, and so it was like a partnership together. Uh Um, I did that, and then... Um, six years, worked at a church in Norman called Victory Family Church. Uh, I did that for six years, uh, one of the most amazing churches, and honestly, under some of the most amazing leadership, Pastor Adam and Christy Sterling are amazing, amazing. Shout out to Adam. Shout out. Yeah, there you go. And so um, I loved um, being there, and then God kind of called me out of ministry um, two years ago. And so I was able to go into the business world where I'm I'm working for some friends who have a couple different businesses, and I get to um, help do some operations and systems and uh, just organizational stuff. Uh, so it's been really fun, um, and I've I just feel like Oklahoma's home now. So I'm out here. Well, this I always love the reverse grapes of wrath deal yeah. where the Okies aren't going to California, but the Californians are becoming Okies and all that yes. good stuff. So, but you know, you said two things that I thought that was that was really kind of kind of stood out there. And number one, so you come here ten years ago to did you say start a program? Yes, I mean to participate in one or to start, st- and I was in it at the same time. So, 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 so you're starting a pro- so you're you're helping. Create it. Yes. A lead a leadership program. Yes. You're 22 years old. Yes. About yeah. you know thereabouts and and <laughs> and you're and the reason I'm laughing is I had this <laughs> I had this immediate I had this flashback I saw myself at 22 and I thought I wasn't starting any program like that you know other than maybe AA or something like that it's probably been a good idea but 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 you started so what program. What was it you were starting? So it's, it was called Victory School of Leadership um, at Victory Church in, in Oklahoma City. And it was just to help um, young people who wanted to be in full-time ministry. They uh-huh. could do that, learn from amazing leaders at that church, and then also would get their um, undergraduate degree. And so they got to partner that at the same time, whereas majority of the time you'll get one program that's only ministry-focused, and then you'll get a, another program that's only school-focused where— um, just finding out that most people who are coming out of one or the other were not equipped for ministry. And so um, this program was to equip people to get into full-time ministry and actually understand what ministry is about. Um, And I was in one. I was in one in California and loved it and um, got the opportunity for my director um, to come out. And Okay. So mm -hmm. that's was it something that Victory was doing out in California, or is it something that you came to Oklahoma to start one for Victory? I came from Oklahoma, or came from California to Oklahoma to start. Um, It was just totally different program, similar, but... But how did you get connected with that, though? Um, Pastor Adam, he um, wanted a program at the church. And so when he said he wanted the program, he happened to find my director that I was already in the program with. Ah. And um, it's a a totally crazy God story. And maybe kind of uh, how I actually said yes to come out here was I was in the Dominican Republic for two months before Uh I moved out. I guess moved out here. Uh Um, The day I felt like when I was in the Dominican, I felt like the Lord was talking about transition is coming. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And, but I knew I needed to just speak about this. And so I ended up 
walking into my director's office. And literally the day that I walk into his office about to tell him I'm leaving this leadership college, um, I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I was leaving, Uh was the day he um, got laid off at our church. And he said, will you come with me wherever I go? And I said, yes. And I, is he the Lord? Yes. Well, no, this was my director asked me if I oh, would go. He? Yeah. No, my director asked me, will you go with me wherever I go? And I said, yes, because I was going in them, going into the office. To was this him, the Dominican Republic then or was this California? This was back in California, but back, I had just came back from the Dominican. From the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And I was walking into my director's office like the week I got back and said, hey, I'm leaving. Um, and he was like. Okay, but I was going to tell him that before I could even get the words out. Sure. He said, hey, I got laid off. Will you come with me wherever I go? And I said, yes. So it was a total God thing. Was this Adam? No, this was my director, Pastor Ryan Latham. Okay. Yeah. And so he. So, so he was going to Oklahoma. He didn't know either. So we, oh, I said I yes without knowing where I was going. Okay. So he had multiple opportunities in different states and we ended up landing in Oklahoma. It was totally no, a God okay. thing. It was one yes after another. And that's where. I am am today. But, why, but okay, so but why were you in the Dominican Republic before that? Um, I was uh, just being an intern under a missionary. I want, uh-huh. I was into missions, planning missions trips, leading students onto the missions field, and so I had never been on a like extended time in a country, and I wanted to experience that, and so I end up going to the Dominican Republic, being under a missionary, seeing and experience the country for two months, um, and. Well, well, let's let's talk a little bit of that. That just that just <laughs> kind of demands the, the spiritual formation kind yeah. of uh, question because you're all, you're already showing leadership stuff. I mean, you're you're bringing young people, you're involved with young people, you're mm-hmm. you're you're pressing into to that. So so tell us the what was the journey to that because that that was that's pretty formative and pretty pretty early. I don't know because it's totally a God thing because I was really shy as a kid. Um, You couldn't get me to really go near anybody. And I think maybe just um, in high school, leadership opportunities came. I was really quiet. Um, But I think it's totally God because it doesn't make sense on how it all kind of um, came together. But it has to be God because everything that I planned in life Mm kind of switched. So... I planned on going to a four-year uh, private Christian school university right when I got out of school, out of high school. And when I did that, I was like, okay, you know, everybody's all trying to prep and you're trying to get all the right classes. And I did all of that. And then um, a couple weeks before I was supposed to leave, the door got shut where it was like, you're not going. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, that's all that I planned this whole time yeah. for. And I ended up working in my small town for a year. And that's where God, I think, prepared me um, to figure out what I liked, which I realized I love like helping people. Um, and then at that time, I was kind of, I was dating a guy that actually was from a different country. Uh-huh. And so as I was doing that, um, I thought I ended up visiting the country he was from, and that's where I got the love for missions and people. Ah. And that's how the Lord connected it. It was like the most simple things the Lord connected to, to helping me find, figure out the next step in life, um, which Wait. was ministry and missions and taking students on youth and youth trips and all of those things. So, but isn't that kind of a, uh, it, it kind of a pattern sometimes yeah. with the Lord? I mean, it's the simple things. It's, it's the, you know, a little bit by bit, you're really kind of reading the, the as I said, the, the holy breadcrumb trail a little bit. It and, really is. And, it's a simple yes. I think it's a 
like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into saying yes to moving out here. Um, I just was like, yeah, I knew the Lord told me that I was transition was coming. I didn't know what it looked like, but it was like in my face when the day I was walking in, it was just, it's not a coincidence. Like the Lord knew what would happen with me being here for 10 years. Like he knew like what would happen with me being able to help start a church. Um, he knew like all of these things before I knew it. And it was one simple yes that created these 10 years that I get to look back on. Which um, is a great, yeah. That, that's a great piece of advice. If, if somebody were to, let's take a highlighter and, and, and right there just notate something that you said that's a, a simple profundity, and that is yeah. the saying of yes. Yeah, and then and then and then he it's it's like he he really he's like your I know this sounds kind of weird but he's like your travel agent you know I mean he just yes. he's the rest of the trip is planned as long as you just keep showing up uh, in a in a way so yes that's exactly what it is but you also said something else that that I thought interesting as I plumbed the depths here it's just, <laughs> but but seriously Shannon you said. Um, and when I think at an early age, of course, it's an early age to me now. Every, mm-hmm. A lot of ages are, are, are early to me now. But but when I when I th- think about what you said when you're I don't know when you're eighteen, nineteen years old, I, I you know the Lord was telling me this, the Lord was telling me that. So you're you've already developed an ear mm-hmm. for hearing God's voice. So so share with that. I mean, there there somewhere along the line, line you came to faith, and somewhere you, along the line you you began a process of actually discerning the Lord talking to you. Yeah. Hmm. I don't, because you know how most people have this like defining moment of when they gave their life to the Lord. Sure. I don't think I actually had that. Mm -hmm. You know, like all I've ever known was the Lord and that's how I grew up in my home. And I can't remember a defining moment where I was like, oh, that was that date at this time I was in this, you know, um, I think the Lord just always had my heart. And so I was like, I look back and think how like my, my parents would tell me, um, they would wake up in the middle of the night and they'd be like, why is Shana's light on? And I would just be in there reading the Bible. Like for some reason it was this peace for me. How old were you? Young. I don't know. (laughs) I would say eight you know, okay, 10, like I just, I just always had a hunger just of knowing the Lord. And yeah. I can't remember, like, I think those things as a kid are the foundation of the things that I have mm-hmm. now, because I look back and I, it doesn't make sense to me. The Lord just has always had my heart because I, I can't remember a time where it was a defining moment of, oh, I gave my life, my life to Christ at this yeah. date. Um, but I would say that stems back to my parents because my parents raised us in a Christian home. And um, I just remember my parents teaching us that way, you know, reading the Bible with us uh, consistently at night or telling us stories or, um, and so that had to obviously filter, you know, or maybe just like mm-hmm. cultivate, maybe it's the word to cultivate that love for the Lord. Well, it sounds too like you had something, I mean, really, really helpful in that it's, it's, at least it sounds like you had a consistent experience of of people around you having real relational yes. uh, uh, goings on with with God, which is man, that is it so is important. a rarity. I, I I realize it's a rarity, but I even you know a couple of days ago I was I was um, reading a devo and it was talking about 
prayer and was saying, thank God for the, where he's brought you and the people he has had around you. And I yeah. just started thinking back of all the people that have been around me. And I've honestly, I've had amazing people around me, everything from my parents to leadership directors, to youth pastors, to like, I could go down the list and the people that are around me have been the ones that have helped cultivate these relationships. Um, a ton of like, I, I don't know, like, for all the church people out there, like they have that one lady who's in church, who's the prayer warrior. Yeah. For some reason, the Lord has put those ladies always around me. Yeah. And um, every season I've had those ladies mm-hmm. in my life. And I think those are the ones that honestly is the reason why I am who I am today. And I can look at that, the breadcrumbs of the Lord mm-hmm. placing people, yeah. you know, around and I'm, I'm extremely blessed by it. It's not anything I did, but Lord. You know, see, what what I think is so encouraging, too, is because we've talked in all the, we've had a lot of conversations on this podcast with people, and that is a consistent mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the consistent thread of, of God bringing the right people, or when there's been a real strong uh, developmental thread. I, I just think of a uh, of, of some people, I think of two guys, I think of Marcus Jackson, Les Thomas, just as two that, well, man, they're moms. Mm-hmm. I mean, those ladies spoke destiny. Mm-hmm. And, and when everything else was chaos uh, around, now you weren't having that kind of deal, mm-hmm. but these guys were, but my heavenly days, there was, there was someone that was modeling life with God in a real way that, 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 is just really so foundational for you. I I yeah. I, I I just admire that. And so, um, uh, well, all right. So you're 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 clearly the uh, relationally walking with God from an early age, and and so you think it was just some process of just discerning uh, when he's when he's addressing himself to you. Yes, uh, it just. Honestly, a lot of it's through His Word. I'm, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's the Word of God that I, that speaks, speaks. off the page. It's, it'll be something that I'm going through, and yep. it'll be that exact verse is right there. Or, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard the Lord audibly like most some people may. I, yep, I, I yep, haven't. Not, not, um, not me. But it is like almost like, um, like maybe I can hear it in my mind, like almost yes. like a conscious type. Yep. Um, and so that is like that thought comes and I'm like, okay, that's not me because I don't think it's like, that's not something I would normally think. Um, and so that's how I kind of discern the voice of God is like, there are a lot of random things that pop up into my mind. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what was that? Or somebody will stick out to me and I'll see them in the distance. And I'm like, why do I keep staring at them? I can't figure out why I keep staring at them. I'm like, Lord, what do you want to do? And, you know, maybe asking Lord questions, Mm -hmm. um, because, it's not, it's not by accident that you're, somebody sticks out to you in a crowd. Um, and so just those little things of being conscious of like, we all don't realize that we hear the voice of God, but we do. Um, and walking in that of the little thoughts that pop into your head aren't just by accident. So maybe sit there and take a second and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, are you speaking for me to go talk to them, encourage them? Um, do they just need a smile? Like it could be just that simple. Um, but being conscious of like the little things that are coming into your mind. Well, Shannon, that's that's a real great uh, teaching point right there because what I bet has taken place is, is as you have, you're right. I, I've had the same experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you get these little promptings. Yeah. 
you're trying to discern, is that just my head talking yeah. to me? Or, uh, uh, but then when you follow up mm-hmm. and then you, then you see, I bet you've had experiences in which you felt prompted about mm-hmm. something or someone you followed through, mm-hmm. found out that it was the Lord that yeah. was anything that come to mind on, on something like that, that yeah, that's uh, really mean, affirming for you. It's kind of crazy because it's, it happens randomly, especially being in the role that I'm in now. Um, because I get to encounter a bunch of people I would have never encountered, um, maybe in different spheres that I've been in. Um, uh-huh. uh, for instance, last week, um, um, my boss happened to walk into the reception area and a lady comes through the door and um, lady starts talking um, to him about some of the things that she is looking for for the business. And so I hear her talking to him and he's like, let me take down your information. Um, we'll follow up with you. And she's telling him how, you know, her dad's in the hospital and he's not doing well and is on like life support. And so I hear this and I just feel this like jolt and like, I don't know how to explain it. Like maybe in my, my heart body, I don't know. And I'm like, I hear it from the distance. I'm like, I need to walk in there. So I walk in there and then out of my mouth comes, as she's walking out the door, can we pray for you? And, um, uh, I've never met this lady before and we start praying for her and she's just crying and we're in our business praying for a lady who we've never met before, but happened to, you know, be in our business and pray for her for pray for her dad to be healed. Mm. And, um, and just seeing that. And then her friend comes in and is able to see this. And then we're just, I mean, she's crying. We're, you know, and just to be able to do that in whatever sphere you're in, like you have the ability to, um, allow people to encounter Jesus. Um, through you. And so just kind of seeing those promptings of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can tell you this. Like I was so sweaty afterwards. Like it's not comfortable. Like I've been in ministry for six years and still praying for people makes me uncomfortable. And so, um, I'm still like, okay, we did this, but like, it's uncomfortable to ask a random person to pray to pray for them, but it meant so much to her. And she was just like stunned, um, that somebody would even ask. And so I think, you know, I, I could tell you stories after stories of in the last like year where this has been the encounters of, you know, people who, who work for us. And mm. we, um, my uh, bosses have a cabinet shop where they build um, cabinets and, and custom furniture. And so one of the guys that's working there was having issues with the relationship he's in. And um, he's, he's super upset, like saying, I'm going to have to walk off the job, yada, yada. He's, you know, upset. And um, me and one of the managers is like, hey, can we pray for you? And so we begin to pray for him and he, you just see the relief on his face. He's still working for us. He's still, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the day that he could literally have changed his life by just walking off the job because, you know, he's in a good environment, could have changed his life where he was like, I'm moving away, I'm doing this. And we're like, no, 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 let's pray for this. Um, another guy, I mean, I guess I could just keep going on with stories, but it's just, I think I say all of that to say to whoever's listening, like, know that God wants to use you wherever you're at. Like it doesn't have to be in full-time ministry at a church, but you can do it in your business. You can do it when you're at the store and you see somebody who seems upset, you know, walking with a a cart and you can say, Hey, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. Um, You can, you can do that. And I think that's what God wants is he wants to see um, his people um, reaching out and showing love through, he wants to use them to show love. And so 
um, yeah, it's just been really cool to see that in everyday life is it doesn't have to be uh, put into the four walls of a church. It can be outside the church. And I think that's what God wants. Well, you know, in fact, I mean, you, you, you think about it. So you go to the Dominican Republic to serve uh, a missionary, but your, your life has been in mission. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it's, and the mission has been, not been when you've been, and this is a great, this is an important piece too, because so much of of Christianity today that we we've gotten locked into this idea that you know if you're not the pastor or you don't work for the church yeah. or you know something like that that you're really kind of a you're a JV you're junior varsity yeah. you're not really the you know the the, the pros and that's not the case you're no. you're a you were a missionary in Dominican Republic you were a missionary working at the church you're a, you're a missionary working in a business realm mm-hmm. right now but you're 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 representing I mean that's what a missionary does anyway yeah. But I think we're all called to do that, you know? It's not just limited to me who has a passion for missions. And right. you it's know what I mean? Like my passion is international missions, but it's that it's not just limited to going yeah. to another country. It's everywhere. Um, if I want to see miracles and God do the miraculous in other countries, why can't I see it here? Um, exactly. And so I think that's what he wants to do. He doesn't limit it to a, a nation. He doesn't limit it to one person. Um, he he wants all of us to to use utilize what we have in our hands for his glory. Well, and something else too, Shana, that I think you've pointed up uh, pr- pr- pretty neatly is that, you know, walking with God, there is an element of risk. You have oh, yeah. to be a you have to be willing, mm-hmm. and, and it's not like and and and, and hallelujah, yeah, we're, we're here. Uh, it's not at the risk of of having your head cut off, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still there is an emotional risk because mm-hmm. you're thinking like when the lady you 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 felt that you just felt the ping inside and you knew. I think I need to. Well, you just acted. You yeah. you knew what it was. Can we pray for you? And you and she's weeping. And there's a pretty good clue right there mm-hmm. that it was the Lord by just watching her emotional response mm-hmm. and how she and how that how that blessed her in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. It's um, it's 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 scary, but it's it's worth it because um, people get to see like the Lord in a tangible way. Um, especially if they don't have a relationship with the Lord, they get to see it in a tangible way um, through us. So. so, so as you now look back mm-hmm. at the decade of your twenties, and now you're in your early thirties, so is is there any how you view God or anything like that? Is there any difference as you look in the twenties and now you're in your thirties, or maybe your teens, twenties, thirties? I mean, I, I don't know. What, what is there like a different angle, a different, a different something you've picked up on how you've grown, you're walking in it, whatever. I would say like the one word that keeps coming to mind, and maybe just even as you're asking that question, was God is so faithful. Hmm. Um, he is faithful in the good and the bad. He's faithful in um, the ups and downs. Like I just, I just think of his faithfulness uh, continually because I see how far he's brought me. Um, I see like even in my sin or even in, um, even in the good times, like he's just faithful and he, he, he loves us so much that he, um, continually takes cares of us and, and, and all that we, all that we're doing. And so I just, I've seen his faithfulness. And I think that's the biggest thing I've, I've seen over the last, you know, maybe even just 10 years, um, 
And when I say faithful, like I look at it in the tangible way of the people, the people he's brought in my life, um, the provision he's brought, you know, everything from, I haven't lacked a single thing, you know, um, most of my family, uh, my family's out of state. So I don't, I don't actually have biological family here, but I feel like I have family mm-hmm. here. And so just the faithfulness of that, um, you know, I have an amazing church that I'm a part of and I, you know, Victory Family Church is amazing and that's family. And so it's seeing God's faithfulness. He's been provision in everything that I've needed. Uh, and I, I can see him continually doing that in my life. And so let's, so, well, let me ask you this. So what, uh, God has seems to have a uh, a pattern mm-hmm. in development, yeah. and it oh, <laughs> and, and, and fortunately it always seems to involve some degree of fire and pain, mm-hmm. uh, and and so what's what's been the now I have no idea, and so, but I'm just tossing out. Has there been some fire and pain that he's used uh, to mold you? Yeah. I mean, I think in every transition, there's fire and pain. You know, um, I think me stepping away from uh, being in ministry was a very hard decision. Um, And it was something that I felt like the Lord um, told me to do because that's everything. That was something I put my blood, sweat and tears in to for six years, like helping start a church is not easy. Um, and it's something that I love all my relationships, everything that I, um, like everything was tied into that, uh, relationship, friendships, you know, you're talking, um, everything I've known, um, you know, that was the career, you Mm know, and, um, I loved it. And I loved, you know, part of a lot of it. It was just, it was such a blessing to be able to do that. But then taking a step away and then literally having everything shuffle in your life. um, You know, I had everything possible change in one, like one year. Like the, I think there's like a statistic of something saying some of the major changes that people have in life is, you know, moving from a different location, Mm -hmm. um, changing jobs, and, you know, changing all these stress points yeah. start adding up. Yeah. And I did it all in one year. So yeah. I changed, I changed where I lived. I changed the job. I changed like different relationships, like a whole, and it was just a lot, you know, and while I'm also getting a master's, you know, like, it's just yes. like you add it all in. It was just, uh, it was just, a, it was a lot. And so the Lord took me, um, took me on a, an incredible journey I look back on. In the midst of it, it, it was hard, where I just was like, man, like the Lord brought me into, into the lonely place. But I don't mean that necessarily in a, uh, a negative way. But yes, it, I mean, it could be. Sure. You know, even Jesus went to the lonely place to go pray. And uh, I moved into a house by myself where I have always had roommates and the Lord spoke to me and we had our hashing out and we had our... Mm-hmm. Um, angry moments, um, but also moments of just like, Lord, like I need you, Lord, I, um, thank you for this or, um, and so I saw his, his blessing, but it was, it was a hard, hard, hard when you year. Say angry moment, what, you, you, it, uh, because that does make it sound like it. I mean, the transition was a little more forceful than, than, uh, I mean, I mean, for you to be angry, I think angry just seeing the, like, you're in this place where you're like, you don't understand, you know, like. Why he's, why the change? Well, all of the changes, you know, like the Lord has been, um, like, I just think all the changes are always, anytime you're in transition, there's, there's change. 
and you're you're not sure how to deal with it and it's all new and everything's fresh and and even coming to a new job where I didn't know anything like I didn't know like I'm very administrative and systems driven but when you don't know the industry and you're having to learn everything new all of it's change um and so I think all of those questions and then also being like in a moment where you're alone um, I think you get to hear your thoughts you never did. You slow down a little bit more when you were so fast paced and you start hearing things and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. And I, so I think those moments of like realizing what's in your heart and you're like, oh, that's not as great as I thought it was. And so the Lord's able to um, just giving the picture of maybe, you know, how they uh, the word says that silver, all the, the dross like rises up in sil- silver mm-hmm. and he gets to scrape it off. Well, I think that was what the season of what the Lord was doing. The things that uh, I didn't realize pulling, were pulling you away from pulling, the comfortable. Yeah, everything usual, was really comfortable. To. And um, and you just and the Lord was just purifying. Like um, I, I think, you know, in in pressure, the Lord purifies. Um, you know, and I, and through that season, those were the books I was reading and the things that were popping up and the Lord was just purifying like the branches, cutting the things that needed to be cut off so that you can loom more. Was there any particular, uh, book that, that stands out when you think of, all right. I mean, and that is a pretty good indication, Shana, when we're reading books on a subject, that means there's a problem (laughs) that we're struggling with, that we're trying to find some clarity on. So anything just popped to your head that you was particularly yes. helpful? Yes. So I, li- I, there was two books and I'm trying to remember one of them right now. Um, okay. I, it's called uh, Anonymous, uh, Jesus Hidden Years. Um, Jesus Hiddenness? Jesus Hidden Years. Um, oh, Hidden Years. It, yeah. Okay. And it's by, um, I want to say it's by Alicia Britt Scholl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Anonymous. Yeah, it's Jesus a fantastic book because uh, it talks about, um, we always hear about Jesus years when he turned 30 and the sure. three years of ministry, but nobody talks about the 30 years of when he was hidden and thinking through the process of like, he was hidden for 30 years and only had three years of ministry. Yeah. And so this book goes through that of being hidden for a season. And the Lord had spoken that word hmm. to me. Um, before I stepped away from church. And so I already knew, like, going into that year when I, like, knew transition. It was another time when the Lord spoke transition to me. And um, I just felt like I needed to be in obscurity. And that was the word he gave me. And What word? Obscurity. Obscurity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then I start reading. Somebody recommended this book to me, and it was everything I needed to hear. And it was Well, because you were the executive pastor at this church. I mean, you think about that, (laughs) which is— Remarkable. I mean, you're the one who makes the trains run on time. Uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, and you feel, and you're certainly not an executive pastor is not at a at a thriving church. Mm-hmm. I might add, is not a, an obscure individual, and you feel the Lord calling you to obscurity. Yeah. Well, that, that would be hard. That would be that's a little more than I, I'm changing careers. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a, a little different weight. I'm sensing. Yeah, it was, but it was one of the best. I mean, I feel like I'm finally getting out of that season, but uh-huh. it was definitely a season I needed, and the Lord was gracious to give me that season. Like I look back on it, um, but the book just kind of talks through 
um, walking through anonymous fears and what the Lord wants to do in you personally. Mm -hmm. And so anybody who feels like they're in a season of where they're not seen or shouldn't be seen or whatever Mm. that looks like, this book is really good at Mm. giving you tangibles of like, here's what the Lord is working on. And they use, um, they use the scripture of when uh, Jesus goes into the wilderness Mm -hmm. and the things that you know, the devil is trying to tempt him, tempt him with, mm-hmm. um, and describes how the Lord had to prepare for that in his 30 years, because he didn't just walk into he being... He didn't just show up and kapoof, there Yeah, you he didn't just yeah. walk into having integrity. He didn't w- just yeah. walk into having character. He didn't walk into um, being prepared for his call. Like, it was a process, and it was 30 years of being hidden. And so that's what that book talks about. Um, I also read the book by T.D. Jakes called The Crushing. And mm-hmm. it talks T. D. about- T.D. Jakes, The Crushing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, and I could be paraphrasing the title, but I think mm-hmm. it's, it's it's you'll find it. I think it. I've heard that. I, th- I think I've heard of that book, yeah. It's crazy how the Lord showed me that. I was looking at a Devo on the Bible app and then I was like, oh, this is a book. And so I just checked it out and it's literally everything on, when you're in a season where the, you feel like you're being crushed, it's also, he uses grapes and how expensive wine is. Grapes are crushed and then they make this expensive wine. And he goes through scriptures on how the mm. Lord wants to sometimes put us in a season where he gets to refine us and to purify us so that we can um, be in the call that he's called us to. But you can only do that. Like, I think a lot of times, especially in the generation I'm in, they th- think it's just poof, you're up there and there it is. Yeah. They don't realize the process of mm. it takes time to get to where you, the people you admire Look, are at like it's not a instant you know thing it's it's going to take some time and the lord wants to purify us because he doesn't want us to crash and burn when we get up there like he wants us to have the foundation to be able to get to where we're called to uh and that is the season i feel like the lord placed me in like he wanted to um continually refine us like he's so gracious to do it in the hidden years like i think the lord it's actually the most beautiful blessing because Whatever the Lord calls me to in the future, like all of the hidden seasons are the the seasons of growth and the seasons that he wants to build my foundation so I don't crash and burn to when I get to where I, he, he has me. And every season I get to show him, like get to show, um, maybe walk out um, the little callings that he's he's called me to, whether it's whether I'm in the business world, whether I'm in ministry, whatever I'm at, like he's going to utilize me there. But there are also seasons where he gets to refine me. You know, I th- and, and I don't think that as you were talking there, I was you made a, a generational comment there, and, and I and I was pondering. I was kind of looking. I was thinking back, and I don't think it's unusual for there being uh, for there to be a youthful impatience. Yeah, wanting to sure. be in the seat. Yeah. Do you think that? Um, uh, and I I was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that is the story of the world. But do you think looking at your generation that that is there any? Uh, is, is there? I, and I and I don't have a, even a sense of this. But but what is your sense with your generation? Do you think there anything unusual with them? If like in how they 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 look at at uh, at leadership and 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 running uh, the world's world the world and that kind of thing. I would say, I would say like there is a youthful maybe like wanting to get there quicker. Um, But I just would say don't skip the process um, because Mm -hmm. I think the Lord, 
um, is gracious in the process. So I do see that like where we think we have to get here fast and, and maybe our expectations too, because I think I had expectations of where, you know, Mm. I'm going to be here by this time. Yes. And I don't want to be there by this time. I want to be there on God's time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that so many <laughs> times. There's a like, little better process yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah. I think so many times we, um, and maybe society tells us we should be at this level by this time too. Yeah, and so yeah. in our minds, we think we have to be there. Uh, but I think, I don't know, I just, I look back and I just say, man, the God's been faithful in every mm-hmm. season I've been in. And so every single season he's moved me, he's he's placed me where he wants me. And those have been some of the best seasons. Do you think that there is, you know, just kind of staying on the subject of, of, of generational stuff for just sort of a mm-hmm. second. Um, do you think that there, when you think of your generation right now, the thirty-somethings, mm-hmm. the uh, that uh, the uh, the millennial age, do you, yeah. do you think there's any what any unique pressures that you that you think you might or that you've observed as a, as a group that maybe are, are or a focal point, focus points, things that bother uh, uh, y'all in, in one way or shape or form or fashion. Um, I think, I think, uh, I, I would say some of it would be that the, the generation, I guess, above us doesn't give us a chance or they mm. look down on us in a way that, um, that maybe isn't totally accurate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think there are millennials out there that are driven, love the Lord, passionate, want to do what's right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes the millennial generation gets a bad rap mm-hmm. when there are some hardworking millennials. I've, I've seen um, them. I, yeah. And if they're cultivated in the right rate, like I'll say this, they have to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. They have to be taught. They have to be um the generation above us needs to be able to mentor. And I think millennials want that. Um, they want to, they want to have a, a I guess, guidance. They yeah. want guidance and they want, um, they want ownership. Um, but with that is mentorship. So I think, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. You're saying that because I, that has been one of the aha moments to me as I've noticed it, or when I say aha, I'm talking about, a little bit of a surprise, how much people that I have met in their thirties and, you know, twenties and thirties, thirties, you know, that really have sought mentorship mm-hmm. and, and that, and that, that was a surprise to me. I didn't, I did not realize that. And I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I think it's uh, what's needed. I think it's what's needed right now. I mean, uh, they want to learn. They're hungry to learn. Uh, there are a lot of millennials that are hungry to learn, yeah. contrary to the the belief of like millennials just want to have fun or whatever it is, you know. Um, they want to learn and they want somebody that's going to invest in them. And I can tell you if, they, if they're invested in, they will go as far as the moon to do whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's the misconception um, with a lot of leaders out there is that millennials are lazy or, you know, whatever it is. But if they're invested in, they will work hard to get whatever you need done. You know, I, I, uh, uh, when I met my wife on a, on a blind date, Mm -hmm. uh, she was 34 years old, Mm -hmm. never been married Mm -hmm. and had pretty much from this. I'm just relating what she told me. 
she's pretty much convinced she was uh, never going to meet anybody, was going to, the way she referred to it was that she was going to be a spinster <laughs> and that she was, and she was even buying, bought the furniture for her bedroom, the TV set, mm-hmm. the bed, knowing that it's going to just be her <laughs> and living alone. And and it was and it's and really an, an interesting um, uh, kind of deal. So so you're you're in your early thirties. You're mm-hmm. thirty two. I was thirty two when I met my my wife. Uh, she raided the cradle, obviously, <laughs> which she got me. But 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 what what's your view on singleness? How is that? How how are you dealing with that? Not not when I say I don't mean to say when I say dealing with it. I'm not yeah. talking about. Uh, Oh, all people feel oppressed if they're not. I'm not saying that. I, it, it may not be, but, but I know it's it's a it's a it's a common human thing. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'll give you maybe two sides to this. Um, so there are some days that are good. There are some days that are bad. But ultimately, this is one thing that I I truly believe. Um, if I can believe God for um, healing miracles and I pray for those things and I pray for you know, the miraculous, if I believe those things, um, I have to believe that he knows the desires of my heart and he has the person that he wants me to marry someday. And um, and, and it's funny when I say that because people are like, Shana, come on. Like, like I, I, I know people who are in their, their 30s, they think um, like you have to. And even in like, I don't know. I think I feel like I think differently in this because everybody's like, you need to get out there. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then nobody can tell you what to do, uh, <laughs> especially being in like the 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 Christian world. Like what? Like where? What do you do? And so I'm always like, I get that. But and they're like, Oh, Shani, you should need to do this and and do that. And um, you, mean the, you mean the things you need to do to yeah, conjure up to conjure some, up some yeah, relationship yeah, that's or right, something. That's right. Let's, and let's, so uh, I am like, I just honestly, truly believe mm-hmm. that for the the biggest decision in my life, I have to believe that the Lord has it. And so for me, like, um, I started doing like trying to like. I, there was a season where I was like, okay, let me listen to people. Like, I don't want to be like one of those people that doesn't like listen to people around them and whatever. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get on some dating apps. I'm gonna you know we're gonna try this out. And I did, and it was like not great not for me. Well, At least not for me. And some people it right, is great, and right. I and maybe it's because not it's not what the Lord wanted True. for me. Um, and so. But then I started really like praying about it and thinking about it. I'm like, Lord, do I trust you in this? And if I trust him for every other aspect of my life, and then I am trying to conjure up something, um, I feel like that's not trust in him for me. And this is for me. So like, hear me say that, like, this is something I feel like the Lord has just spoken to me and maybe somebody else needs to hear this too. But if I can trust him for everything else, why can I not trust him for one of the most important decisions of my life, which is a spouse? Because outside of him, like whoever you're around is who you're going to become. So mm-hmm. I have to be able to think like he has this in his hands. Um, and I truly believe if he wanted me married, I'd be married. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I, he wanted me in a relationship, I'd be in one, you know? And mm-hmm. so I trust him for every other decision. Why can't I trust him in this? And so that's kind of, you know, where I'm at. I mean, I know... Um, it's not easy for singles. It's not easy in this day and age. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of uh, 30-something-year-old women who are out there who are like, man, I don't want to compromise. I don't want to settle for, you know, what I don't think is what God has for me. And so there are a lot that are out there. And 
Um, and I just encourage them to say, like, the Lord knows. Um, you know, just like I believe it's Hannah, you know, she was, uh, or I think it's, I think it was Hannah in the Bible. I think both of them were mm-hmm. wanting kids. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just remember the part, the one verse that says, I, the Lord sees you like the Lord sees. And mm. so I think the Lord sees, um, to anybody who's listening, like the Lord sees, like, it's not a surprise to him. If we truly believe he created the universe and yeah. created the earth and the stars in the sky, then we have to truly believe that he has our best interests in mind, you know, and another scripture, um, that I think of is he knows every single bird that falls from the sky. So he has to know what's going He's on in my life. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of how I've, you know, maybe encouraged myself in the seasons that are hard is mm-hmm. I know he knows what's best for me. He knows, you know, what's best. And I just keep moving forward. And if God has something for me, I keep moving forward in what he's called me to do and then um, go from there. But <laughs> You know how do you? That's that's so good. You know, it's 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 a it's a little bit like, you know, when we talk about hope uh, and having to, in that in that construct, it's kindling and fanning that that hope within yourself. Yeah. And, and I and I love what you're talking about there because as you were talking, I thought about, well, I've done that too. In which, I've had to go back and contemplate where I've seen God oh, show yeah. up in ways that. You can't explain it yeah. outside of that, and 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 I in looking at that, I then look at my current circumstance and I realize the same God mm-hmm. who showed up over here. I I got this is my opportunity to trust Him that He'll show up here as well, yes. or that or that He at least He know He knows what He's up to. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, He's not like excuse <coughs> me. Taking a break, yeah, uh, you know, and it's like, oops, I forgot. He's not oops, doing oh, that. He's oh, like, oh, oh you want to get married? I one totally day? forgot about you. <laughs> no, but, but also, but also, you think about people that maybe not have had a, have not had a a relationship with the Lord over over a period of time, or yeah, you know, and and I love what somebody else talks about. You know that that sometimes you've got to ride on the hope of of others, and yeah. so you you really you you learn of the stories of. And uh, of of where God has been had a consistent pattern. Realize this is the way. This is the way He does stuff. Yeah. And so and and drink from that fountain. If you don't have a a, a history uh, your, yourself, but but don't don't allow it to just dis- discourage yourself. So yeah, I agree. Now thank you for that. That that's that's that is tough. It's 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 a difficult period. It's and it's no easier on. Any generation, because mm-hmm. it's the same. There's the same yearnings. It's it's the same stuff. I mean, yeah. my, my my wife was was. Uh, I mean, she she had a a, a, a prayer on the table mm-hmm. uh, of what she was hoping uh, <laughs> to to find, and, um, um, and and for a while there was pretty much thinking it's not going to happen, and then poof, you know. Yep. So, so. <laughs> there is hope. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, but he needs a lot of work, but that's another story. Um, but let me ask you this, uh, Shana, you, uh, golly, there is so much turmoil going on in so many mm-hmm. different camps and so many yeah. different manifesting itself in a, in a, just a host of, of different ways. I mean, when you look around, is there anything, so looking at 
who you are, what you carry, um, God's purposeful nature. Has there is there anything of the of the different um, conflictual things in our society today? Let's say that that you've been seeing that maybe you've gotten tweaked a little bit more over that that you've you, you've drawn into. I mean, there is a bunch of things people can get drawn into, but what about you? Yeah, <laughs> I I feel like there's a lot of stuff God's stirring. Um, it's not. It's not like I'm expecting you to give a, all the list of all the things. Like like you got to cough up something. No. But, but, but but if there are some things that really have been, you think you know, I I just feel drawn to that. Yeah. So I think one of the the big things is the fear um, in society right now, um, and yeah. the fear is something that the Lord has tweaked me. You know, maybe give me a little little tinge in the the heart about is because I I know the God that we serve. Um, And I I think I've probably said, my friends probably are tired of hearing me say this, but I know the God that we serve and he's bigger than any of the situations that are going on in society. And, um, and for those that maybe don't understand the God that we serve, but he is the one that put the stars in the sky. He's the one who created, you know, the world, the earth in seven days. And so like, if we think he's all powerful, if we think he raises people from the the dead, if we think he heals diseases that we see in the Bible, if we believe the Bible and we believe what the Bible says, how can we, you know, maybe the question of fear. And I, I keep questioning like, if we truly believe he is the same God that was in the New Testament, that the Acts Church, you know, um, got to see these miracles, the disciples saw these miracles, do we not believe that he's the same God that can do that today? And I, I do. And so for me, the fear has really, really been something that the, the Holy Spirit has been maybe speaking me, to me about over the last years. The fear isn't, isn't of God. Um, and, mm. uh, it, it's not of God. And that is something that I, I do want to, uh, to speak against because, um, I've seen the fear in, in people's eyes and the Lord is bigger and he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if we believe that, then we need to walk in that and believe of course it. We, you're, 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 Chris, for the listener, depending upon when you listen to this, you know, yeah. we're, we're a, a year after the beginning of this COVID nineteen business, yeah. and there, which of course has been a fear that has absolutely been stirred uh, uh, those coals yeah. uh, voraciously. But there, and, but the, and there are other things that are that are going on. Do you notice anything? That this, of course, it's all fear mm-hmm. based out of out of maybe not being tethered. Mm-hmm. Uh, to something that 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 that's that's helpful there, but but are you seeing anything particularly for, for like the source of it? Is it a pandemic thing that you when you see people that fear, or is it just a just a bunch of us? I think it's a just a bunch of fear. Anything that the enemy can use to target fear in people, yeah. he's going to do. Whether it's a pandemic, social injustice, whether it's whatever, like yeah. you know. Um, He's trying to create fear. Uh, I think, you know, people are, are you know, scared to leave their house. They're scared to um, maybe engage with people in the same way that they used to. And I just think the Lord, um, the Lord's bigger. Like I look at the, you know, I look up in it, uh, the scriptures that I, 
when I go back to, I'm, let me say it this way. When I go to look at the Bible, because I'm not saying I'm not ever scared by any means. Like I'm not saying that, but I have to go to scripture and say, what does the, the word of God say? What has he already spoken in this situation? And so when I look at the Lord, I look at, I look at the things that Jesus did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at Jesus who, um, who touched a guy who had le- leprosy. He touched him. That was against cultural norms. I was against re- religious norms. He was considered unclean after that. And so I look at what he did. He he didn't he didn't fear the the cultural norms, the religious norms. He didn't fear any of that. He actually stepped into it and touched the person. Mm. And so when I, I when I see scriptures like that, I think, okay, what I'm always saying, what did Jesus do? And Jesus did that in seasons where he could have feared. He could have feared of actually getting leprosy. He could have feared, you know, um, so many things, and he he didn't. And so, if you think about why he didn't, it was because he was connected to the Father. Well, well in fact, too, something else that that you just you you've you've modeled it, and uh, so, and, and so you think about with Jesus when he touched those things, he changed them. Yeah. And 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 I think about that instance which you gave an example when you felt the tweaking mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit when the woman was in your the offices meeting at the at the business office that you yeah. and and you felt the tweaking to go in and you touched her life mm-hmm. and and it and it was a, a moving experience for her it, it obviously it it would obviously touched her in in a moment that needed to be touched and so. I think that's probably a pretty good explanation. So, so Jesus, before he leaves, he he says, uh, "All authority has been given to me." Now, 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 and I'm paraphrasing him in the yeah. West translation, but it says, "And now go be me." Yes, exactly. And so, when we are going, be you were an example of, okay, now I'm going and being Jesus in this moment to this woman. I'm mm-hmm. touching her mm-hmm. where she's clearly pained. Yeah. Uh, and and now she's weeping, and because there's something uh, positive helping uh, on that, and so you're so you're you're leaning in to mm-hmm. it. Jesus leans into stuff. You leaned into stuff. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that that if we're really the body of Christ, we darn sure ought not be shuddering. We should be leaning in to the fear. Uh, mm-hmm. the 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 opposition yeah. because what we're carrying is is the antidote yeah. uh, to that which is yes. which is which is Christ yes. and that sounds and I, I know there's going to be somebody out there listening well that just sounds so Pollyanna and, <laughs> and everything like that but but that's just not true it's just not the it's I mean when you when you to be a change agent you you have to bring a change yeah. and, and and if you're going to you're going to change if the if the culture is fear, then you have to bring a different culture yes. to the moment because culture is always being made and the, and it's it's going to go some direction. The question is, are are we going to be a redemptive agent of change, mm-hmm. or are we just going to jump in the boat and go with the flow yeah. of, the, of the of the fear river or whatever the river, or whatever the whatever. circumstances? Yeah. Jesus calls us to be agents of change. You've been a really good example of that. I mean, I mean, I mean, you you, you, you really have. I mean, I just see you're the moxie that you walk with, which is really goodness. 
My goodness. Uh, well, so I'm I mostly it. when I'm, I'm passionate about something I well, make. Well, <laughs> I can, I like, and dadgummit, you are passionate. Yeah. I can, I can tell. You're, you're like, you're on a leash there holding yourself back in, in some ways. I can, I can, I bet when you're not, you know, like on a podcast. And like that. But okay, so let me ask you this. Let me, as we, as we kind of start to wind this up, when we, you, I, I've, 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 I've now, I've heard. I've observed, I've seen, I've listened to uh, uh, a clear trajectory that God has. You know, when you fire a bullet, it, there is a trajectory mm-hmm. uh, to it. And, and and you can kind of figure that you can kind of get a handle on it if you've got some uh, idea of where the bullet's been. So I've seen where the, where the bullet has been with you. Where do you think the Lord is taking you? <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, I like, I think I told you this uh, the other day or whenever it's like, I just do my next yes. Whatever the next Mm. yes is, is what I'm going to do because I don't know. I would have never guessed I would have been in Oklahoma. Like, I think I've been to Oklahoma maybe once as a kid. My, my, my. We like to import. Yeah, I think I, t- I might just, have said this before. You, we, we love importing uh, talent, and you, you've clearly been a great import. So I don't know. I just, I just stick with the next yes. Like I don't have, I don't have a clue of where he's going to take me. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the season I'm in, and I've enjoyed. Honestly, I've been so blessed with amazing seasons. Have they been hard? But yes. But I look back, and they've been extremely amazing blessings. Like being, you know. Um, at the church for six years. Oh my gosh. One of the greatest seasons of my life. Like one of the greatest, like love it. And I just think it can only get better. Well, so let me ask you this then. So if we, if we wrap this up with, with this, so what you've now uh, come to a community here, Mm -hmm. central Oklahoma. Yep. You live in Norman, I believe, or thereabouts. More. More. uh, Same as my kids. And, and, um, um, what do you think you're seeing God do in this city? What do you think? What do you think's happening here? As you look at the, what is your? Let me. Maybe I should say it like this. Based upon what you know, what's your hope? Not 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 wish, but what's your hope for this city, this community? My hope is for people to to influence their fear that they're in for Jesus. Like, that's my hope. And I think God's stirring something in people. Um, And I think that is where the change is going to happen with each individual person understanding, like, I may not be in the group or even be able to be in the group that you're in um, or have the influence, but you do. And so I feel like the Lord wants to use every single person in their, their sphere to influence people towards him. It's not about us. It's about him. And so if we can, you know, know the people that we are in the office with, the people we're working around, whatever that is, and see how we can tell more people about Jesus, that's the goal. Uh, And I think he's doing it. I think he's stirring something in Oklahomans where they get to say, man, like, what is my influence? Who am I around? And how can I tell them about Jesus or do something that encourages them or say something to them in the office that that makes them smile? Like we get to do that on a daily basis. And so that's what I want to see. I want to see more people to come to know Jesus and he wants to use every single one of us. Well, Shana Smith, (laughs) you are a, a force 
uh, <laughs> to be reckoned with, and and that's and and that's something that that clearly that God has been molding you. Uh, you're you are a a, a, a great example of a, a redemptive change agent that 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 it, like salt is a you, you're flavoring you flavor the atmosphere of wherever you find yourself and and that's a that's a wonderful thing so thank you for for doing that thank you for modeling that and thank you for uh for pressing in uh and and uh and just thank you for being here today. No, thank you. So, I'm glad to be on here. I hope I didn't say anything too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but trust me, no, you did not. It was, it was, it was all good. And and I and I really thank you for for being forthright and and sharing that. So thank so I look forward to seeing you again. And for those of us uh, who are listening in today, we'll see you next time. So let me give you some concluding thoughts. If hope were a person in the room. What would she say to us? Well, I think, first of all, she'd say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that an unchanging God designed, built you, and sent you into a moment of history as part of his loving strategy to transform a chaotic world and and make it good again. You are called as change agents. Hope would tell you that she flourishes when we listen to God and set goals for our lives that press us further toward becoming that person God has always been willing for us to become. Hope would tell you to set action steps towards achieving those goals. They don't have to be giant steps. Start with baby steps so you can be encouraged along the way. But hope would also tell you that you've got to not just make plans to step, but you must exercise the willpower to just take that next right step. Step by step by step gets you to the destination God has for your life. It's the long obedience in the same direction. And finally, Hope would tell you that God sees us not as we are, but as we could become if we will dare. It's the same for our communities. As followers of Jesus, you are a sent people, and all humans should flourish because God's kids are in town. What evil thing dies because you exist? No one else is coming. You're the generation sent to your community in this moment. You're it. Press into God's purposes for your lives, and you will discover that hope abounds and that Jesus is still the God of the impossible. Thank you for joining us today on Hope Leads. I'm Wes Lane. Once again, I'd be honored if you would take a moment to rate this podcast, review it, subscribe, and share it with someone who needs hope. We want to thank Brianna Gaither for the song, I Won't Rest Until, from her album, Vanity. Remember, You are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who is willing for us to live meaningful lives of profound impact. I invite you to just show up and watch God show off. 